business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Come to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. you? As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, Lane, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Hope everybody is doing good out there. Hollywood Hangout. That's right. I got to tell you one more time. I miss hearing that intro. I'm glad I can play that intro again. I miss this show. I miss talking movies. Um, And I miss talking actors. I uh, really, really am glad I can go back here, talk to actors. Just saw Cheese Man in here. What's going on, Cheese Man? How you doing? Think you uh, listening elsewhere now, but that's cool, too. Um... Yeah, like I said, I, I I really miss talking movies. I mean, I I, I like the wrestling. I really do. But um, I like talking wrestling. But movies right now are more what's just catching my attention. So I love talking them. Um, I'm not crazy about why we're going to be talking about this one tonight. Um, obviously, we Norm MacDonald passed uh, just the other day. Um and uh, I was going to do, I was going to do the movie Dirty Work. But as I was moving through and started looking and 
I saw all these Norm Macdonald things. I'm like, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole this show to just one movie. So I said, screw it. I'm going to go ahead and just do, um, instead of doing just one movie, I'm just going to go ahead and talk Norm Macdonald. That way I can talk a few of his, I mean, he wasn't in a lot of movies. He did a lot of voices. Uh, we'll get into some of those as we go along. I've got clips to play. We've got a lot of good stuff to get into on Norm Macdonald, but um, I definitely want to do that. And once again, hope everybody's doing good. This is once again Hollywood Hangout, and I am, I am David Richardson. Let's see if maybe on this show we can get away from the Boxman thing. Possibly. Let's see if maybe we can do it. But my name is David. You guys all know that if you follow me on Facebook. So uh, I'm going to see if I can do it. See if we can uh, maybe just. Maybe I can just, not that Boxman's a character, but I don't know. I'd like maybe just kind of be my real name on one show to be able to promote it as my real name maybe for once. So, um, yeah, let's try that one. There you go. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and pretty much jump right into talking about Norm MacDonald. Um, I'll do plugs at the end, uh, but... Um, like I said, I do have some videos, I, or, well, it's not going to be videos, it's going to be audio. I do have a bunch of audio clips to play. Um, before I even get into anything with Norm MacDonald, I'm really not going to dig into his early life, because there's not much on it, to be honest. If you look on Wiki, there's not a lot on this guy. Um, but uh, I got to tell you, Norm MacDonald was, I mean, if, if you like that kind of humor, if you like, you know what, I'll Dig into one quick thing before we get into to, uh, the little video I was about to play here. Some of his influence, uh, influences that he credits with kind of, you know, getting him into comedy. Bob Newhart, Leo Tolstoy, Bob Hope, Sam Kinison, which I don't see that. Now, this one I 100% get, Dennis Miller. He had that same sort of Dennis Miller delivery. He, he he just did. He I mean that's why he when you know, he was such a a great fit when he took over as the SNL news anchor. And I got to tell you, obviously that was a huge honor to him, especially knowing now that Dennis Miller was one of his influences. He got to take over for Dennis Miller, who did that part, um, you know, on SNL for my God years during the heydays of SNL when it was uh well when it was funny. Let's let's. Let's just be honest. When it was a funny show, that's when um, Dennis Miller was doing it. And even Norm MacDonald, he was back in the early 90s um, doing doing that show. I think 93 might be when he got hired. I'll, I'll get into that in a little while. But um, it was actually 1993 when he started doing that show, took over for uh, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller obviously went on to do a few things, been in a couple of movies, uh, even did one with, uh, what's his name, Wesley Snipes. Uh, I believe it was Murder at 1600 was the movie he did with him. Uh, pretty good one, not bad. Obviously, Dennis Miller went on to do a little bit of football, which did not work out well. Me and Spark have gotten into that, and I think we actually got into that on draft day with uh, Cheese Man. So, Norm MacDonald, um... I'm going to play the last video that really the last video before he passed, he just kind of made a video. Now he passed away of cancer. He hid cancer from us 
from the public for 10 years, basically. Um, I mean, you know, he was coming out and he was looking, you know, oh, he looks this, he looks that. He looks like he was aging, which we all do. We, you know, we get heavier, we get skinnier, we get heavier, we get skinnier, you know, we lose hair, this and that. But I don't think anyone really knew he had cancer. I know I had no clue. I didn't know one bit, not that I needed to know or should know, but, um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it it's pretty sad obviously, but uh, like I said, McDonald, his delivery, I loved the way he told jokes, everything he did, um, and we're going to get into all that. So let me go ahead and play this last video he did. It's about two minutes long. Uh, here we go. Right now. All right, here we go. Well, well, this is an old Andrew Lawton, the Canadian. I've heard many a joke about you, son. One concerned an old miner in South Carolina, and he'd been he'd been in his mind for about six months. And he he finally broke and said, "I need myself a woman," and he went down to the local bar. See, and he said the bartender said, "I'd like to have a woman. Where would I go to get a woman?" The bartender says, "There ain't no women in this town. If you want any of those needs met, you's gonna have to." Settle for Andrew Lawton, the Canadian. <laughs> says the old miner, no, no, no. I'm not into that funny stuff. So he leaves. <laughs> but it's about six months later, he come back. He said, bartender, he said, I'm only a man. I'm weak, and now I'm broke. I'm broke. I've been down on my knees, and I'm broke. Now, you say there's no women in this town and I have to settle for Andrew Lawton, the Canadian, then I'll settle for Andrew Lawton, the Canadian. But, but, the old miner says, now nobody, I mean nobody, can know about this. Well, the bartender says, four people will know about it. Four people? Well, how, how's that? Well, Sales. I'll know about it. That's one. Well, you'll know about it. That's two. Andrew Lawton, the Canadian, will know about it. That's three. And the feller that has to hold down Andrew Lawton, the Canadian, will know about it. That's right. Because <laughs> Andrew Lawton, the Canadian, he ain't into that funny stuff neither. <laughs> <laughs> Norm was always good for those really telling like actual jokes. You know, he he would do that. Um and he would also get up there and purposely bomb on stage, which uh if you ever if if we ever heard the Bob Saget thing, which I've got, I'll play a little bit of that um a little bit later, but if you ever listen to that, he goes up there and purposely is bombing. The comics understand what he's doing. They totally get it. They're laughing their asses off at him. The crowd is dead. I mean, it's like that Andrew Dice Clay, you know, when the laughter died that was with no audience. That's about what it was like. You got a chuckle here and there, but it was pretty, it was pretty rough. If you, <laughs> It was pretty rough. But again, the comics knew what he was doing. It was really pretty hilarious. But um, now he was talking about Canadians here. He was born in uh, Ottawa, so he was Canadian. Um, uh, uh, Quebec City, excuse me. He was born in Quebec City, 
So uh, he was a Canadian. Another, like, like I said, I talked to another Canadian last week. I talked John Candy, another Canadian. So two two Canadians in a row. Uh, someone should be proud. I'm not quite sure who. Um, but anyway, he also has a brother, Neil, who's a journalist with CB, uh, CBC News up there. He's married to uh, Joyce Napier, who is on CTV, which is Canadian TV. Um and a younger brother named Leslie. So there you go. He does have two brothers. Now, again, that's really all we get into here. It tells what high school he went to. Really cares. He went to Gloucester High School. Anyway. Um, but obviously he did some stand-up uh, very early. Really wasn't in stand-up for very long. Um I mean, basically started in 1985, and by, you know, 1990, he was on Star Search. And actually, once in 1992, he wrote for Roseanne. He was one of the writers for the Roseanne from the 1992-1993 season. So I always kind of find that found that a little interesting, and I'm, I, I just... Now I want to go back and watch that season and be like, wow, McDonald's wrote some of this shit, man. That's pretty awesome. But uh, he was on Star Search. And like I said, in 1990, I don't know if anybody here uh, remembers the old Star Search show. Um, Pretty popular show. Pretty damn popular show. Uh, Literally, Ed McMahon would get out there and bring people up. And uh, it was basically American Idol with judges. And you won that night. You didn't go through the next round. I mean, you went through the next round, but it was a one night thing you would win star search or you wouldn't yeah comics up there yeah it, again just like american idol or america's got talent all those shows it was the same concept uh but it just didn't drag on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and weeks. it just all right one night winner one night winner one night winner so there you go but definitely was a good show uh and then you know Less than 10 years later for a comic to be literally joining Saturday Night Live cast, 1993 is when he actually joined that Saturday Night Live cast where we got so many good characters out of him. His Larry King, his Burt Reynolds, his David Letterman, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Bob Dole. Um, He did a lot of good characters on SNL. Matter of fact, I've got one here where he plays Tommy Lee. Let me find that clip real quick. Give me one second here. Uh, Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. I think I downloaded it and didn't bring it over to here. So give me a second. Let me go into downloads here. Let me go into date created. And see if I can find that. Uh, I guess I didn't download it. I could have sworn I did. Hold on. You know what? I've got it right here. I know why I didn't download it. Because it was on Facebook is where I saw that video. So here we go. Let's go ahead and roll that video real quick. This is uh, Norm MacDonald as uh, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. And he's with Will Ferrell in this clip. Only a 55-second clip. You a big fan of Motley Crue. Oh, uh, yeah. Rock and roll, man. Rock and roll. Yeah, and I've always really thought your wife was great, too. Oh, thanks. What? Ah! Oh, oh, stop it, stop it. He doesn't like me, Tommy. He's gay. He's gay. Oh. I'm, I'm very, very gay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry, baby. You know, I just love you so much. You know, it just gets me crazy, you know? Obviously, hey! when he was with hey! Pam Anderson. 
the real Tommy Lee. Get your freaking hands off my wife! Baby, we're just doing a sketch. Pammy, stay out of this, baby. Go to my car and get my gun. <laughs> Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, I swear, uh, you, uh, me and your wife, we were just acting, right? T -t Tell him, honey. Honey? No, no. Slamming it out of the desk. Fucking, uh, yeah. Again, back when SNL was funny, again, look, I know they've always been political. I've said before, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm not worried about it. I was never a really offended by any of the Trump stuff they were doing. But it's like they just stuck with one thing throughout four years. And now it's like, okay, well, now what do we do? You know, they don't want to make fun of Biden. They do. But, you know, they don't really want to. But um, it's just, he, he's, he was so good. And like I said, that era of Saturday Night Live was just such a great era for that show. And before, obviously, you know, Eddie Murphy and Chevy Chase and all those people. We'll talk a little bit about Chevy Chase tonight. Um, but uh, let's see here. I've got a few others that I can play here before we... Uh, I think I've got a little more SNL stuff to get into. Now, he was only on SNL for a little while here. 1993 to 1998. Five years. He was fired in 1998, or they say, you know, let go. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read this little quote right here. In early 1998, Don Ahemeyer, president of NBC's West Coast Division, had McDonald removed as Weekend Update anchor, citing a decline in ratings and a drop-off in quality. McDonald was, re was replaced by Colin Quinn at the Weekend Update update desk that was january 10th 1998 is when that all happened right there now there were a few reasons everyone saying he was let go from the company or let go from the show um one of the main reasons that he says is because of some oj jokes he was doing and the not only the station, but the president was friends with OJ. Um, yeah, one more quote. McDonald and others believe that the true reason for his dismissal was his series of OJ Simpson jokes during and after the trial, frequently calling him a murderer. Ahemeyer was a good friend of Simpson and supported him during the proceedings. After being removed from the role, McDonald went on. Obviously, he was... Uh, he went on CBS's, uh, he was on David Letterman's show and on Howard Stern, and both times he accused him of firing him for making jokes about OJ. So, o obviously, Alhamayer, he denies it. He's like, no, 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 that wasn't it. I, I didn't stop, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I didn't stop anyone else from doing him. You know, I didn't stop Jay Leno from making jokes about Simpson on The Tonight Show. I didn't do this. So he denies it. Um, why don't we just play some of the jokes he told uh, and go from there. So here we go. This is a little clip of some of the OJ jokes right here. Not a long clip. Here we go. It was revealed today that OJ Simpson told police that Nicole Brown Simpson used to beat him up. 
He also claimed that she and Ron Goldman killed him. All right. Like I said, it wasn't a long clip. Um, I think I've got more, believe it or not, on the OJ thing. Give me a minute. I should have put these. Oh, here we go. This is the one. We actually know things about. All right. About a minute and 20 seconds here. Here we go. We actually know things about DNA. Like, <laughs> you look back at the OJ trial, people are, like, not trusting. I don't know if I trust the DNA evidence. Like, yes. that was the attitude back then. Oh, it's actually, I'm sorry. This is over, so, uh, someone talking about it. I have to apologize. I should have listened to some of these. I was downloading very quickly. Uh, I thought that was actually a clip of him doing OJ jokes, but I guess it wasn't. Uh, but he did make some OJ jokes very, very Many jokes about O.J. Simpson on that show. Uh, I think I... Okay, that was a fire alarm going off in the bedroom here. It There's no smoke. It's just the battery is dying on it. That scared me as much as it scared... I don't know if it scared you guys, but it scared the hell out of me. So, <laughs> all right, there we go. Okay, I'll get that fixed in just a little while here. Um, but uh, that's one of the reasons. Now, he also made jokes, of course, about Michael Jackson. Um, we can go ahead and play. I got about a minute and 50 of that, that one. This is the one I did listen to, so I know this is actually him talking about Michael Jackson in this clip. Here we go. Let's do it. Hey, Lisa Marie Presley said that she and Michael are still together and happy this week. She also made a revelation that she is actually a nine-year-old boy. Well, there may be trouble in paradise. Lisa Marie Presley confirmed this week that she and Michael Jackson live in separate residences 50 miles away from each other. Lisa Marie was quoted as saying, I guess being married to a homosexual pedophile wasn't such a great idea after all. Jesus. The nation is still reeling from Thursday's bombshell announcement that Lisa Marie Presley has filed for divorce from Michael Jackson. According to friends, the two were never a good match. She's more of a uh, stay-at-home type, and he's more of a homosexual pedophile. So, My God. This. I'm kind of betting none of those jokes would go over very well now. Um, I'm kind of betting on that one right there. Um, but again, many different reasons why he points to. But the main thing he thinks it was uh, it was some of the OJ jokes. Now I'm gonna. Now I almost want to just go to YouTube and see if I can pull a couple of the OJ jokes real quick that that were up here. Um, problem is there was a lot of long videos. Let me see here. Nor, I know I searched it earlier. Here, we'll just go Norm MacDonald and type in, oh, they probably pop right up, OJ. All right, let's see if we can do this. Yeah, there's, we have 11 minutes of it. You know what? Here, I'll just play like a minute or two of the 11-minute video. How's that? Let's do this. Let me make sure there's no ads real quick. There's Potential no. jurors for the O.J. Simpson case were asked to fill out a 75-page jury questionnaire this week. In the entire state of California, only one person got a perfect score. Chow Ming Wu, who after the trial, plans to attend Caltech. 
By the way, you can now purchase a bronze statue of the juice for only $3,395. And for an even five grand, you can buy one that Al Cowlings has kissed the ass of. Oh. O.J. Simpson's new fitness video was released this week, and hitting the shelves next week, Simpson's newest video, Dorf on Stocking. <laughs> Your Dorf videos. <laughs> the crowd is torn. According to retailers, the most popular Halloween mask this year is O.J. Simpson. And the most popular Halloween greeting is, I'll kill you and that guy who's bringing over your glasses, or treat. <laughs> or treat. And the Pope came out with a book this week, which contains a series of essays examining faith and morality in today's secular world, and the changing role of the Catholic Church as it approaches the 21st century. The book is entitled, God Himself Told Me That O.J. Is Guilty. <laughs> in other book news, Prince Charles released an autobiography in which he states that he never loved Princess Di and that his father pressured him to marry her. The book is entitled, Of Course O.J. Did It. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, obviously, this goes on for another, you know, nine and a half minutes. Uh, if you want to check it out, obviously, just jump on YouTube. Just put Norm MacDonald OJ, and there's a plethora of videos pop up of that right there. So go ahead and check those out. But, I mean, you can kind of see why. I mean, literally, he fit it into, like, every segment. You know, obviously, those were different shows there, different segments, different, uh, you know, nights, but... Still, he just like worked it into everything. Talking about the Pope, bam, OJ joke. Talking about Prince Di and uh, Charles and Di, boom, bang, joke. Oh, so I, I guess you could see where that might have uh, played a little part in him getting fired from SNL, but uh, it really wasn't, honestly, was not the worst thing for his career. Um, the, soon after that, um, that's when actually, uh, Norm McDonald started to write Dirty Work. That movie actually, he wrote that movie, um, uh, co-wrote the movie and it was, uh, actually directed by Bob Saget, um, which we will get to some Bob Saget stuff in just a minute here while we're talking about him. Now, I might have to take, do, you know what? Let me take a quick break because that's going to be going off like every 15 minutes. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to get this fixed real quick and I'm going to come on back. I, I Before we start anything else, get into any other, you know, move on at all, probably a good place to take a fast break. I will be back in just a couple of minutes here and um, just let me go grab a chair and a battery and uh, probably five minutes at the most. All right. Thanks, guys. Sorry about that. All right, I apologize for that. Totally sorry about that, but I believe I've got it fixed. We shouldn't hear that anymore. It was just really, even over the head, headphones in my ear, that was loud as shit. So, hopefully my wife can... 
<laughs> this is not good. I think I might have the wrong one here now. Oh, well, let's see what happens here. Maybe that was the test. Who knows? Okay. Anyway, um, I'm going to keep going with this bad boy right here. Uh, a couple of things we're going to get into right now. Uh want to get into some of the movies that he's done, and that's kind of where I was transitioning to. Now, the first thing his credits show as him as an actor is the Jackie Thomas show, which I'm assuming is a something, it was a TV series, and I'm assuming it was a Canadian show. Now, literally 1995, in between when he was, you know, he was on the, uh, on SNL, and I believe Sandler might have been on SNL at that time, too. Uh, 1995, he was in Billy Madison, and that's really one of the first, like, real movies I remember kind of seeing him in. Um, I had seen some of his stand-up, but the first movie I do remember seeing Norm MacDonald in was Billy Madison. Now, that really was his first movie. That was like his second acting role uh, in was in that movie. So let's go ahead and play. There's a... Okay. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that. I guess I might need to take another break. I apologize. Um, they were on Conan O'Brien. It was the whole group. It was during the Grown Ups uh, kind of tour where they were trying to promote the movie. And it was uh, Sandler, um, David Spade, uh, Norm MacDonald, and um, uh, Rob Schneider. And I forget the other guy, the guy that was in Grandma's Boy and Benchwarmers and all those movies who always plays the little kind of scared dude. Um, he was in that also, but they were all on Conan. And they were just telling stories, and we're going to hear real quick from Adam Sandler about the first time Norm MacDonald and him worked together. Here we go. Adam, I got to talk to you. <laughs> you've been working with all these guys. But you've been working with Norm yes. probably. You've been working for him with, with him for a long time. Yeah, right? we, we all have been. We all know each other as long as, you know, forever. Me and yeah. Spade and uh, Schneider used to live all acro- uh, right across the street from each other yep. since we're like mm-hmm. 20 years old or something. Right, there you go. And uh, Swartzman, we don't know that well, but uh, <laughs> we, we got... <laughs> but Normie... No, I think we just bring it up. Was when, when me and Norm, me and Norm, when we did Billy Madison, I said I would tell. Yeah. The story. Oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's like the first time you guys worked together in a movie, right? In yeah. A movie. I, I mean, was it? it was the first. Movie. That was the, our first movie. Hey, we're right yeah. here, guys. We're right here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Norm the, uh, and I did the movie, and Norm is. Uh, I we didn't know each other's acting style. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. <laughs> Me and Norm are best friends in the movie. <laughs> and we're out at the pool. We're doing a pool scene. I'm Billy Madison, of course. So old Billy's going to talk to you and Frank. I, I played Frank. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to turn and clarify everything? I, know, I, get, I get nervous with Normie behind yeah, me. But yeah. I, 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 so, anyway, so I t- uh, I, I'm doing a scene with Norm at the pool. And I tell him, I say my line. I think I did it very well. And then uh, I, I'm like, let me see how Norm, you know, uh, ping-pongs this line back. <laughs> and, so, and so there was a little bit of a delay, and I was like, old Norm likes to take his time. Yeah. yeah. And then, maybe and it's an acting technique, maybe, right? Maybe he's going deep for this. Yeah, 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 right. And then I'm waiting a little longer, and I'm like, wow, he's, he's really milking this one. And then uh, a few more seconds, I noticed old Norm was sleeping. <laughs> right? Remember that? I got yes, sir. You yes, fell asleep sir. while the camera was rolling. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. they wanted me to play a drunk. Uh-huh. That's right, that's yeah. right. And so I said, uh, you got some booze? 
no, but also, also he called me Frank, and in my mind I was thinking, who the f is Frank? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. See the delivery? See the delivery right there? Ah, oh, they told me to play a drunk. Waited for the clap. So I said, got some booze? Boom. Waits for the applause again. Uh, there's a little more of the clip. I guess I'll play it real quick. Yes, Rob, you had something you, had Conan, something you wanted to add. Conan, I just realized that I'm basically in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, David, uh, let, let me ask you something. I understand that on this uh, Here Comes the Funny Tour, there's a group yeah. chat yes. that you yeah. guys have engaged in. How's huh. that going? Well, uh, oh, we don't need to do this. It's really got nothing. that got nothing to do with Norm uh, at all. So, all right. There was that little video. Wanted to go ahead and play that little audio from there. Um, but uh, again, we're talking Billy Madison a little bit. I actually have a little clip here that I'm going to play of kind of almost every little part he has in Billy Madison. I found this on YouTube. So while I'm playing something, I'm going to go ahead and play this real quick, too. Got a little entrance there. I was supposed to do today. Have five daiquiris? <laughs> no, you remember to do that. <laughs> What's today? October? <laughs> Who'd you rather bone? Meg Ryan or Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson now or 1974? 74. Meg Ryan. Go! <laughs> this is the best night of my life. <laughs> well, this is great. When I graduated first grade, all my father did was tell me to get a job. <laughs> hey, you want to feed that donkey some beer? Get it all messed up? Maybe later. Right, I'll go put some beer in a bucket. Growing up, old Billy yeah. Madison. <laughs> oh, man, Billy, I just thought of the funniest thing. Billy? Where's Billy? He's in school, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next on News 9, a shocking story of power and corruption involving a hotel tycoon. Stay tuned. What the hell? And now maybe it's somebody else. <laughs> I think uh, Billy and his girlfriend are uh, playing water polo or something. Hey, maybe they're playing Marco Polo. <laughs> Marco! Polo! Jeez, <laughs> that was a great game. Yeah. A little hungry. But all in all, I'm okay. Yeah, who, Billy? Billy's number one! Yeah! That's nice, buddy. Kissing the lunch lady. There you go. All right, once again, same delivery. Just keeps it going. And I, I think that's what people really liked about Norm MacDonald was that delivery that he had in, in, in the movies. He just kind of kept it the whole time. It was just the way he, it was his speaking cadence. And it just, it worked for comedy and it worked for him. And just absolutely so goddamn amazing, some of the things he was doing. But, um, 
we'll get into a little more here, a couple more movies. But again, that was pretty much everything he did in Billy Madison. Obviously, a, a, a Adam Sandler movie. You know, he's I didn't realize he was that good of friends with Adam Sandler. I knew he was in a few of his movies, but I just figured it was the SNL connection. I didn't know it was kind of a deep connection. They've known each other for a very long time. Honestly, did not know that. So, you know, the things you learn. It was on the Larry Sanders show, which uh, was, I totally forgot. Who was that? That was, was that then? That wasn't Dennis Miller. That was, um, oh, God, who am I thinking of? Gary Shandling. Damn it. Almost missed who that was. Gary Shandling. And Jeffrey Tambor, who we're going to talk about Jeffrey Tambor in another scene in a little while. Uh, that was Gary Shandling's show. He did a, something else with uh, Adam Sandler, a little short. He was in The People versus Larry Flint. He was a reporter. I remember the couple episodes of uh, news radio he was in. He was kind of a kind of a creepy guy. Um, he was pretty much just a caller on the radio show, but it was obviously him. Now, after news radio, 1998 came along. He was just out of um, Saturday Night Live. And Dirty Work came along. And like I said, he did write Dirty Work, co-wrote Dirty Work. And Bob Saget did direct that movie. Now, again, I was talking earlier in the episode about um, how he would go up there and purposely bomb. Now, here is what, I mean, he even did this on television. He did this at the Bob Saget roast on Comedy Central. Um you know what? I'm I'm going to actually go through a little bit of it because I'll go through the part where he talks about John Stamos and a couple other people on the show. I'm going to go right to where he's talking about uh, Bob Saget. Let's see if I can get to that. Let's see where I'm at here. It's free. He talking has about the grace of a swan, the wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. All right, here we go. I think now he starts talking about... <laughs> No, I kid Greg Giraldo. You know, if I ever need a brain transplant, I don't know if they have those yet, but if I ever need a brain transplant, why well, I would choose yours, Greg, and uh, here's why. It's not because you're smart. It's because your brain has never been used. <laughs> Susie Essman, of course, is, being, is famous for being a vegetarian. Hey, she may be a vegetarian, but she's still full of baloney in my book. I... <laughs> I love Gilbert And what I like about Gilbert oh, Pay no well. heed Go right in Still just bombing And doesn't care So now care. we come to Bob Saget here we That's go. why we're all here Bob <laughs> Bob you have a lot of well-wishers here tonight And a lot of them would like you to Would like to throw you down one a well. They want to murder you in a well. Seems a little harsh, but apparently they want to murder you in a well. It says here on this card. Now, but Bob has a beautiful face, like a flower. Yeah, cauliflower. 
no offense, but your face looks like a cauliflower. As you can see, he has wavy hair. It's waving goodbye on account he's going bald. <laughs> Again, the crowd isn't really... Some people are reacting, but the comedians <laughs> but are I dying. I think that, uh, that Bob should join the Ku Klux Klan. And that's not because he's racist. He's not racist. It's just that he'd look a lot better with a hood over his head on account of his face. <laughs> Get it? It looks like cauliflower, that's why. All right, we'll do one more. No, there are times when Bob has something on his mind when he wears a hat. He thinks... All right, it's just, it, it just keeps getting bad and worse and worse and bad. <laughs> but um, he didn't mind going up there and doing that. It, just doing the weirdest stuff. He also did it for another roast after that. I think it might have been the Chevy Chase roast, where he literally just sat there reading a newspaper the whole time until it was his turn. I think it might have been the Chevy Chase roast. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I think that's the one it was. So... Just, again, just while we were talking about Bob Saget directing Dirty Work, I thought I would go ahead and bring that up. Now, I do have some clips from Dirty Work that we can go ahead and play since, uh, since again, I was going to do that movie and decided, you know what, I'm just going to talk a little bit about Norm MacDonald. I think it's much easier, much better. Um, have a little more, little more fun. I got some stand-up we're going to play after I get through these movies, which I don't have that many more. So let's go ahead and play a few clips from Dirty Work. Um, let's go ahead and start with this one right here. Dirty Work, uh, one of the funniest scenes. Again, they're, uh, they start a revenge business, him and Artie Lang in this movie. And, they, and, and Chris McDonald is also in this movie, who was in the uh, villain in ha uh, Happy Gilmore. He was in that movie. The guy's done a ton of fucking movies. The guy's was even in fucking Grease too. God damn it! Uh, it was Goose. A Goose. Anyway, uh, forget that. One night I will do Grease too. I will do Grease and Grease too. One over two night over two weeks. But anyway, let's go ahead and roll this first one here of uh, of clips from Dirty Work. Would you just look at the help wanted section? Hang on, I'm looking at the buy and sell ads. Maybe we can sell something. Just look for a job. All right, all right. Hey, hey, movie line coming up. Already mooning the movie line. Norm MacDonald is hogging the horn. They usually drive by. He pulls over. And here we go. Poor Artie. supposed to keep driving uh, seriously if you've never seen that movie it, it's it, it this movie's really worth a watch it's listen i'm not telling you it's a fucking you know don't go out there and expect oh this movie should have won and no it did not do well actually this movie had a budget of 13 million and only made 10 million 
in the box office. Now, the lucky thing about this movie is it did become sort of a cult classic on home video. It did incredibly well with home video, which made them back some of it, but this movie did not even make back the negative costs of budget um, in the in the theaters. And I, I, I think I might have actually gone to the theaters to see this. Maybe. Maybe. It's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Um, but again, they're kind of in the revenge business. So let's just start with this one right here. Uh, a whole lot of dead hookers. Four, three, two. Hello, everyone. I'm Anton Phillips, president of Phillips Motors. We'll return in a moment to the Channel 11 movie matinee, but I'm right here with you live to show you a great batch of luxury automobiles like this one-year-old Cadillac DeVille, priced right at $36,000, fully loaded, V8 engine, standard, shock-resistant CD player, standard. Hey, the trunk uh, looks kind of small there, Anton. This is live. I'm on live TV. Trunk's fine. As you can see, friend, it's not small. It's a big trunk. I'll show you right here. Well, you got a dead hooker in the trunk. What? No, it can't be. Yes, it was. It was a dead hooker. It wasn't a dead hooker. Pal, I know a dead hooker when I see one. <laughs> hey, folks, come on hey, down. Hey, here's another we dead hooker in this trunk. What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are you doing? I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. Lord knows I have. I can remember a time. Hey, look, there's Mitch on TV. Chris Farley. Oh, yeah, there's Mitch. And there's the Saigon whore that bit my nose off! <laughs> These are nice cars! These are luxury automobiles! Okay, Chris Farley in this movie plays uh, kind of just a, a bar dweller who had his nose bitten off by a Saigon whore. So, that's where we're at. That's what he was yelling about. Let's keep going with the scene. It's almost over. I got a whole place. They're fully loaded. They're loaded with dead hookers. You're seeing things. Don't shoot this. This is not part of the commercial. Is some jerk making your life miserable? You want revenge? Call 555-0187. Let us do your dirty work. And we're clear. Wake up, slut. Well, 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 we meet again. Nosebiter! Time to pay the fiddler, whore! There you go. <laughs> All right. Good shit there. Once again, just Norm MacDonald. Just, just so amazing in every scene in this movie. Again, knowing he wrote it is, uh, is definitely... You can tell that he did. It really made this movie his when it was all said and done. Um... I do have a couple more Chris Farley in that movie, but let's go ahead and play this next clip here from Dirty Work. What else is there to worry about? Okay, this is where they got caught for something, and they go to prison, and let's go ahead, play this clip. It's a great one. Another one. Him and Artie Lang sitting in prison talking. Well, we're in prison, you know, with prisoners. So what? So what? You know what prisoners do to each other all the time? No, what? Oh. You don't know? No! Well, they... I never heard of that. You never heard of that? How could you have never heard of that? That's what prisons are most famous for. 
All right, let's go. Not you, Tubby. You sure you don't want him too? <laughs> the popcorn in the bulldozer stunt was allegedly perpetrated by these two men, Mitchell Weaver and Samuel McKenna. But was this a dangerous act of mischief or a heroic example of civil disobedience? Those two boys sure are heroes to me. If Mitch Weaver and Sam McKenna are heroes, then who's the villain? Many would say that would be the builder of the parking lot, millionaire real estate mogul, Travis Cole. Chris McDonald. Damn it. Here we go. Bad. Little Chris McDonald. They've got to stop the hemorrhaging. Martin, could you wait outside? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry about what happened. It's all right, Martin. Wasn't your fault. By the end of the day, I'd like Martin jobless, homeless, penniless, and hairless. It goes Norm back. You fellas have a lot of growing up to do, I'll tell you that. Ridiculous. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. <laughs> Can you believe these characters? Way out of line, way out of line. Have a good mind to go to the warden about this. You know what hurts the most is the, the lack of respect. You know? That's what hurts the most. Except for the, except for the other thing. That hurts the most, but the lack of respect hurts <laughs> the second most. <laughs> Weaver, McKenna, you're free to go. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, how did this... They kind of attributed this movie doing badly just because no one was used to Norm MacDonald being a leading man in a movie. He was always used to, you know, the friend or this... Meanwhile, if you look at his, you know, resume before this or the IMDb, he hadn't done many things before this. So really, no one was used to him at all. Just, I don't know. Artie never really had. Artie was, I think he was just coming off of the being fired from the Howard Stern show or something. He was being fired from something right when this movie came out. And I think it might have been one of the times he was gone from Howard Stern show. Uh, kind of funny that his nose looks the way it does when Chris Farley played the character he did with the nose. Ah, anyway, I know I already got his nose fixed, but um, anyway, speaking of Chris Farley, I think I have two clips real quick of Chris Farley right here. Let's go ahead and play one of them now. Hey, Mitch! Jimmy, your new nose looks great. Thanks. Best $200 I ever spent. <laughs> hey, uh, Jimmy, that girl you're with, She's not the, uh... Yep. Lynn Young, the Saigon whore who bit my nose off. <laughs> We're getting hitched. <laughs> oh. Jimmy, let's go. Hold on, I'm talking to my friend here. I gotta tell you, watching this clip right now, seeing these two together, um... Man, kind of a... Kind of a weird moment. Just, uh... Nah, because I mean, you know, earlier when uh, in these Hollywood hangout shows, me and Anthony did do a whole show on Chris Farley. You guys can go back and check that out on Shout Engine. Um, and obviously now I'm doing one on Norm MacDonald. So it's just kind of, you know, we got two guys here who are gone way too early. Um, Norm MacDonald just shy 
of his 62nd birthday it would have been in you know next month in the mid middle of October and uh you know Chris Farley was very young when he went but uh kind of how he wanted to go he wanted to go out like Belushi and he kind of did so all right let's play a little more of the scene here just uh wanted to pause real quick and kind of bring that up jeez sometimes you got to remind the hen who the rooster is <laughs> Well, good luck to you, Jimmy. Okay, Mitch. See you around. Blah, 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 blah. When I say let's go, you go. Yeah? Time you shut your cake hole, Yoko. <laughs> Women. Yoko. <laughs> Listen, don't ever talk back to me like that in front of my friends. You're making me really, really angry. Oh, that scares me. That scares me to death. Look. Oh. You bit my new nose off. Oh, man. Farley, McDonald, man, I'm telling you, some of the some of the greatest comics just go way too early. I mean, Farley, obviously now we got McDonald. Uh, Kinnison, way too fucking early for Kinnison to go. Uh, just, man, some of the greatest just never... Never got far, man. Never got far enough. Uh, I got one more last little clip we're going to play here on Dirty uh, on dirty Work, and then we're going to move on. So one more clip. I also want to say I'm sorry. Sorry for what? Well, for being a, uh, a creepy old man. I apologize, you rat bastard. You say those things about me, man. Let go! Get out of here, Sam! Get the hell out of here! I'll kill this bastard! I can still hear you, know, no matter how creepy I look. All right, take him. Everything's just falling apart. Sam, you remember how things were when we were young? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. I mean... I felt good about myself back then, you know? If somebody messed with me, no problem. I didn't take crap from anybody. Now I'm in my 30s, I can't hold a job, I go with women I don't even like. And worst of all, I take crap from absolutely everybody. Yeah, well, things could be worse, you know? I, uh, I could have got my nose bit off by a Saigon whore. You bastard! Hey, I'm just messing with you, Jimmy. I saw you down there. Hey, Mazzetti, get Jimmy a beer on me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow, look at her. Yeah, she's all yours, buddy. Go get her. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? I'm Sam. Sam McKenna. I live with my dad. Well, it appears Travis Cole has bailed out the city once again coming up with the necessary funding to save the Chelsea Opera House. How can a man in my position not step in and do his civic duty? That Opera House is part of this city's heritage. So, heck yes, I'm going to keep it up and running. I love this city. And, as we all know, I love opera. Right, Spunky? Well, a guy like Travis Cole has a great life. Why, just because he's rich? No, because he doesn't take crap from anybody two kinds of people in this world, those who get stomped on and those who do the stomping. <laughs> Where'd you come up with that theory? That famous guy said it. What's his name? Uh... Oh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mitch. <laughs> Hello, Mitch. Maybe later you'll drop by the house. You know, check out the hot tub. Hey, pal, beat it. Why don't you beat it? The... 
by the way, the girl he's talking to is uh, Trailer Howard. Um, didn't do a ton of movies, but uh, got a few. She's done about 18 movies, but um, she was in uh, Me, Myself, and Irene as one of the characters, as Layla. Um, she's been in a few uh, smaller... She was actually in Boston Common for 32 episodes, so it's not like she's done nothing. Uh, she did one episode of West Wing, um, but that is the his uh, love interest in this movie, and that's who he's talking to now. She was in Monk for 87 episodes, so once again, not like she did nothing, just hasn't done an overabundance of stuff. Um, but uh, just wanted to let y'all know who he was talking to, Norm MacDonald, and I'll go ahead. There's about a minute left in the scene. Lady obviously isn't interested in you jerk-off, so just get lost. Maybe we should let the lady decide. I think you should fight it out. Good idea. Great idea. Brilliant idea. I love the idea. Terry, Jack, Mike. Oh, no. My dumb friend needs me. I gotta go. Well, Mitch, looks like we got ourselves a fight, huh? Great. It's fighting time. Can I be on their side? Looks like there's gonna be a brawl. You playing something good? Hell yeah! Rolling Stones, street fighting man, G. Stephens! You just hit G8. If you like Kinga Coladas, bring it out in the rain. Oh. All right, there's a little fight here. Now, the funny part about this is the guy that, when Chris Farley, first of all, Chris, this was Chris Farley's last movie, and believe it or not, as much as we've just heard Chris Farley in this movie, uncredited in uh in in this movie so now he yells in the guy's face hell yeah mike anscombe and he was not expecting it because if you're watching the movie you can literally see his eyes just bug out like what the fuck he didn't expect chris farley to do that of course and chris farley you know chris farley he just went ahead and did it so but uh this movie also has don rickles in it um just Obviously, an amazing, amazing, you know, co comic. Um, lost him just a little while ago, but uh, yeah. So now Chevy Chase was also in this movie. Artie Lang actually didn't even want to do the movie with him. He was leery because he had heard that Chevy was hard to work with, but they ended up actually really being good friends um, after the movie and really working well together. Um, and Chevy Chase was really loved this, loved a lot of this movie. Um, uh, he loved the raunchy script, just the way it was. It was. He liked the fact that it was R-rated, but the studio, before they would actually buy the distribution for the movie, wanted it PG-13. So they did cut a few of the uh, dirtier, no pun intended, parts out of it and uh, made it PG-13 instead. Um, so there you go. Now, just to give you a little bit of hint the, the the role played by Don Rickles in this movie was actually supposed to go to Rodney Dangerfield. He was considered for the part, but Bob Saget decided Don Rickles was better um, just for being more of an insult comic. Um, and that's what he was. He was an insult comic. He could pick people out of the crowd and just insult the shit out of them. And that's what he did. So much better choice. I would, I would say for that one right there. Um, let's go ahead and roll a few more movies. Now, like I said, I am done with Dirty Work there. So, after Dirty Work, he did the voice of Lucky the Dog 
in Dr. Doolittle. Now, he was in all the Dr. Doolittles as the dog, so he got a good chunk of that Disney money, so good for him. Now, I, there's not a lot I can play of this. So what I did is I took the funniest scene where it's him. Obviously, Eddie Murphy is in that movie. Jeffrey Tambor, who I mentioned a little while ago, uh, is also in this little scene right here as the vet. And it's when he gets the thermometer up his butt in Dr. Doolittle. So, what seems to be the problem? Well, I tell you, Doctor, I really think it's pulmonary distress. And he might have some fluid on his lungs, too. <laughs> oh, let me guess. You're an MD. Yes, I am. I can always tell when a real doctor brings in an animal. They uh, always like to do a little amateur diagnosis. Did you tell him to get away from my butt? If you don't mind. I did go to veterinary school for five years. Is it just years. me, or is he uh, hovering around my butt a lot? And unlike an MD, my patient cannot tell me where it hurts. Listen, seriously, could, could you tell him my butt is gray? So, doctor, <laughs> if you don't mind... Hey, where does he think he's going to put that? Look, look, I was faking it, okay? I feel fine. Just don't let him stick that thing up. my like, hello! Let's <laughs> just have a listen to those lungs, shall we? I'm going to swallow the thermometer, and I don't mean in my mouth. Uh, Dr. Fish, maybe I should pull that out a little bit. Don't you touch that. It's heading in. It's going south for the winter. I see. I have to interpret what the dog is moaning about. What's to interpret? There's a thermometer. It's in my butt. Take it easy. Be over a minute. What? Yes. Well, there it goes. Butt just swallowed it. <laughs> uh, doctor, I'm just guessing, but I think you might have just lost your thermometer. Well, it's gone. Uh, all right, I have three. Uh, I have three options. Uh, one, uh, I can manually retrieve it. What's he saying? Options, he wants to retrieve it manually. Pass. Two, I give the dog a, a laxative and uh, I wait it out. And three, surgically remove it. A laxative or surgery? Laxative! You know, why don't you just give him a laxative? It'll probably come out later on. Never works. So what would you suggest? I'd like to go in manually. There we go. Oh, my lord. Oh, oh this is not good. Oh, Lassie, go home. All right, there you go. The little part in Dr. Doolittle. Probably one of the funniest parts, actually, in the movie. Um, again, Norm MacDonald had a lot of voice roles. And a lot of, believe it or not, if you go through his, there's like seven or eight uncredited voice things he did um i mean from the drew carey show to even news radio he's uncredited on that you just have to know the voice um there was a little video we did casper meets wendy uncredited uh let's keep going here dr doolittle too he's uncredited with the voice of lucky which he he obviously just did we just played it um but he was a, a, a he did a lot of voices for a lot and in Doctor Doolittle three he's also uncredited. Um, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, he's in that for a couple minutes, but uncredited. Just so many movies uncredited for this, you know. For listen, Doctor Doolittle, million dollar mutts, a video all about the fucking dogs, and he's uncredited. 
unbelievable how many he's he's uncredited with but you know as the once we get up into the late 2000s like 2009ish is when he starts getting credited for pretty much everything he's doing but later in his career since I don't have a lot for his later career um he did start doing many 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 voices on family guy he was on a couple episodes um he he was actually on a few episodes of uh the middle he was in 10 episodes of that he did 38 episodes um as a voice on skylanders academy he was uh glumshanks the voice um orville the uh the orville tv series he was yafit he was the voice of that uh mike tyson mysteries he was a the a, the pigeon in that he was the voice and something in post-production back home again he's playing something called grandpa's which i'm assuming that's a cartoon let's check out what back home again is real quick on the old imdb let me give it a little click is a cartoon um martin short ed asner wow just just passed jeremy renner wow Really? Michael J. Fox as a voice in this movie? Mina Savari. Catherine O'Hara, obviously the mother from uh, Home Alone. Eugene Levy. Kim Basinger. Marlon Wayans. Bill Burr. Uh, Harlan Williams. Howie Mandel. Tom Green. These are some of the voices in this movie. Holy shit. This is a fucking star-studded cast of voices. In this movie, I mean, my God, this is in post-production, soon to come out. Let me see. It says it's coming out. Uh, doesn't have a date yet, but it is in post-production, so expect to see that probably sometime next year. Uh, wow. That's a lot. I mean, that is a lot of fucking you know, actors, big actors in, the, in, in that movie. Uh, yeah, like, like Sensible Sam just said, all-star cast. Absolutely. My God, I just can't, I, I mean, they're all voices, so what the hell? Um, but anyway, let's keep rolling with this a little bit here. Going to kind of go back to another movie that <laughs> I, I, I actually really like this movie here. The Animal from 2001. Uh, this was him. He wasn't in this movie a lot. It was more of a Rob Schneider movie. But he had a couple very funny parts in this movie. Obviously, Norm MacDonald. It was Rob Schneider and uh, Colleen Haskell was, and Ed Asner was in this movie also. Um, John C. McGinley is in this movie, who we'll hear in the clip I play. Uh, but Colleen Haskell, um, the love interest in this movie, obviously, she's actually done a damn good amount of movies. She was in the 70s show, uh, that 70s show for a while. Uh, she was on Survivor. Actually, she was a Survivor contestant. Again, only really three credits, but uh, done a few little things. Um, but, wow, good-looking girl. Beautiful, beautiful girl in this movie. So, um, But it's a movie where basically Rob Schneider gets into a car accident. He's jacked up, and some crazy, crazy doctor puts animal parts in him. And there's a murders going on and all this stuff. And eventually they get a manhunt for him. And, uh, of course, you get uh, Norm MacDonald in this movie kind of playing the the Rob Snyder role of the crazy mob guy. You can do it! Kind of playing that character. 
except more Norm McDonald-ish. Let's go ahead and do it. Marvin Maine has turned fugitive today. He's wanted for the assault of a bird hunter and the attack of two cows. The suspect is considered dangerous. Elkerton Police Chief Marion Wilson is assembling a task force of the city's finest officers. Ladies the suspect is not human. He is at home in the bush. Shoot to kill. Any questions? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a question there. Uh, when do we get to light our torches? When it gets dark. Ah, I see. Oh, hey, I got another question there. Suppose, uh, hypothetically, you know, a guy had uh, already lit his torch. I mean, uh, uh, it'd be cool if he if he could just keep it lit, huh? <laughs> yes. Oh. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> now, if there are no more questions... Oh, hey, hey, hey! I got another question. Hey, uh, if one part of the mob gets separated from another part of the mob, shouldn't there be a, a place that we can get together, maybe a secret place? The two mobs could reunite and we'd be a big mob again. Stay with the mob. Stay with the mob. All right. Stay with the mob. Right. Hey, I got another question. Hey, uh, doesn't this guy deserve a fair trial? <laughs> you, back of the mob. Back of the mob? What? This is my spot. I came early. Okay, out of the mob. As mob blows. <laughs> Let's go. Like I said, sort of doing the, you can do it, but much more amplified and way more Norm MacDonald. Uh, just adding his little, little nick nick do to it. And uh, so, and there you go. I mean, once again, I kind of mentioned a lot of the other uh, things that he had done, um, you know, later. I really didn't pull any clips for that uh, other stuff, to be honest with you. But what I do have is some of his stand-up, some of his early stand-up, uh, some of his appearances, a joke he told, um, a very funny joke about his... Uh, Kind of his wife. It's everyone's wife. You could add anyone's wife you wanted into it. So let me go ahead and play that one. It's a short little clip, but it's a funny joke. And again, Norm MacDonald always kind of known for being able to deal out and dish out these jokes. Not and not one-liners like a Rodney Dangerfield, which is what he was known for. But Norm would actually get into and tell these convoluted, detailed jokes that were hilarious. And you kind of never knew. I mean, well, was he kind of trying this out or did he write this or I don't know. But this is a great one here. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and let it roll. My uh, wife went into a coma. Oh, sorry to hear that. And uh, the doctor said uh, to me, you won't hear this from any 1935 comic. He says to me, there's one way to wake her up, but it's a little unconventional. You go in there and you have oral sex with her. I said, by God. He says, I've seen it work. I said, well, I'm willing to try. <laughs> I go in there, I'm in there about five minutes, and I come out. I said, Doc, she's choking. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But that's modern medicine that's for you. That's modern medicine. We're going to take a break. <laughs> and I like Sam's comment there. He had dry humor that scorched. Uh, obviously, he was doing that the wrong way. That was the joke of it. <laughs> I got to admit, I only heard that joke once before today. I heard it earlier today when I was pulling clips for the show. God damn, is that a good one, though? Uh, you can use that one anywhere. and You can get away with it uh, in 2021. Holy hell. I'm glad I did this tonight instead of just doing one movie. Um, because, like I said, I got to talk about a lot more movies, play a lot more clips, and I've pretty much been laughing the whole goddamn show. I'm loving it. But um, got some of his older stand-up, a little bit of 9092 stand-up from him. The sound might not be great here, but uh, let's go ahead and roll it. Oh, man, all kinds of violence on the TV, you know. You're not supposed to watch violence on the TV. Children, they can't watch it because they're afraid maybe the, the kids will copy something they see on the TV, you know. I can't even get a funny cartoon anymore because some 12-year-old somewhere watched a particularly violent episode of the Roadrunner Coyote Show, and the next day they found him in the bottom of a canyon, two giant springs strapped to his feet. <laughs> Okay, now real quick, this video, this one pops up. This is 1990. This was uh, at the club called Two Drink Minimum. This was on Comedy Central. Now you can see he's got the same delivery, but it's a little faster. You see he slowed his delivery down a little bit. Let the joke simmer. Let it settle. Let it develop. And that's what he was obviously trying to do a little more because he seemed, I mean, maybe he was nervous. I mean, again, he hadn't been in comedy he was only in comedy a very short time uh, i believe we said he was 89 is when he started doing this and then before you knew it he was on you know snl and this and that but this was 1990 so might have been a little nervous still um but let's go ahead that little umbrella in his hand sign said yikes this I was reading a story in the paper. A guy killed his family if you believe this folks a guy killed his family because the devil told him to Boy, what a dork, huh? That was the headline, actually. said, what a dork! Guy kills his family because the devil told him to. You know? And imagine you're doing that, and then afterwards you go back to the devil, you go, yes, devil, I did as you instructed. I killed my family, and uh, I chopped them up and put them in a duffel bag. Here they are in a duffel bag. I'll be burying them tonight at the shallow grave by the side of the railroad track. As you have commanded, oh, Lord, host of the hoary netherworld. You know, and then the devil pulls off a mask. It's me, Bob! <laughs> then you go, ha, oh, Bob! Jeez, you got me there, Bob. You got me. Is my face red or what over here? I got my family in a duffel bag. <laughs> oh, that's one for you there, Bob. I, I got to give it to you, Bob. Okay, I was thinking to myself, hey, if you were to go berserk, would I be able to take him? All right, this is 1992, club called The A-List. <laughs> I got to admit, I pulled this and didn't listen to it. So this is I'm first time I'm hearing this. Um, so first time I'm listening, and obviously Dirk is listening because that's his name. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and keep going here. Uh, you should see 1992, this is barely looks like Norm MacDonald. He's got like poofy hair and... 
Widow's Peak. It just doesn't look like him, but it is him. You can tell by the voice and the cadence. So here we go. 1992, The A-List. You have to be able to beat up your dog, you know? I got a nice uh, wiener dog. One of them wiener dogs. Now you can tell already, two years later, you can hear the cadence slowing down. You hear it? It's slowed down already. He's already changed, already figured out not to go so fast. Let the audience hear what you're saying. Let them get that laugh and, you know, kind of soak it up for a second. Wiener dog can't rip out your throat or anything, you know? Unless you're lying down, you know, everybody on the way. Had to be lying down, sleeping there, you know, late at night. Wiener dog sneak up, starts nibbling at your throat there, you know. Maybe by daybreak, he's got a hold of a vein there. He's pulling out a vein, you know. You, <laughs> now you wake up, how? Oh, get away from you, wiener dog. What the hell are you? You think you're a pit bull or something there? <laughs> you're a wiener dog. That's all you'll ever be. <laughs> Give you a hickey. That's about the worst you get out there. You ever buy your dog a gift? That's always a weird thing. I figure you get a... I got my name Rubber Bones the other day. You know, he gets it. He goes, oh, great, a bone. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not a bone. Million laughs, pal. It's a... <laughs> kind of a gag item you got me there, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother got my dog a sweater, you know, knitted him a sweater. There's a useless present for a dog, huh? And what happens if the dog gets lost? You know, he's wearing a sweater. What the hell kind of... How long is he going to survive in the alleyways with that on his back there? You know, a... <laughs> Them's mean streets if you're a wiener dog in a cardigan. You know, you don't last too long in there. <laughs> kill you. A wiener dog in a cardigan. So that kind of brings up Bob Saget that directed Dirty Work. Because if you remember, Bob Saget has the song about being the baddest motherfucker in a cardigan sweater. There you go. Check that song out if you haven't heard it. Um, just type in Bob Saget rap song. Trust me, it'll pop up on YouTube. You can check that out over there. I uh, got a couple more. You know what? I've got a, uh, you know what? Since he's made a bunch of jokes, let's make a few jokes about my people. How about a Norm MacDonald Jewish joke compilation? What do you think of that? Let's do it. Last week on Larry King Live, Marlon Brando made the shocking statement that Hollywood is, quote, run by Jews. <laughs> In response, outraged Jewish organizations made it snow in New York in April. <laughs> well, earlier this week, actor Marlon Brando met with Jewish leaders to apologize for comments he made on Larry King Live. Among them, that, quote, Hollywood is run by Jews. The Jewish leaders accepted the actor's apology and announced that Brando is now free to work again. <laughs> While in England, where he spoke at Oxford University, Simpson had defended actor Marlon Brando's criticism of Hollywood Jews. Later, from his island hideaway, Brando sent O.J. a telegram which read, You're not helping. <laughs> In Cincinnati, is, is Cincinnati Reds owner Marge Schott an anti-Semite? Well, it is beginning to look that way. According to a report out today, on the entire Cincinnati Reds team, 
there is not one Jewish player. <laughs> A group of Orthodox rabbis declared that other branches of Judaism are, quote, not Judaism at all, thus challenging the religious status of millions of American Jews. This week, that statement was rejected by Reform leader Rabbi Don Schonstein, who said, quote, Our legitimacy as Jews flows from the richness of our Jewish lives, the strength of our Jewish communities, and most important of all, our deep and abiding belief in Jesus Christ. Finally, folks, next week, Jews everywhere will be celebrating the holiday of Yom Kippur, or as non-Jews refer to it, Wednesday. <laughs> Did you get the message I left you at home? Oh, yeah, I got it, but it was... All right, there. Now, that actually was... The, the funny thing about that last joke of Yom Kippur, it was actually Wednesday, like a couple days ago, Wednesday. That's kind of funny that he actually brought that up. Um, so there you go. That was another one I hadn't heard. That was funny. I literally, 15 minutes before this show, I pulled a couple of extra clips. And that was one of them. Uh, all right. So there you go. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, here we go. I've got a uh, couple more here. And then I'm going to get to one quick little article. We'll go through a few little jokes that he's told and go from there. But uh, I got one more. And this is this is entitled Norm MacDonald's best joke in his book oj simpson says that he would have taken a bullet or stood in front of a train for nicole man i'm gonna tell you that is some bad luck when the one guy who would have died for you kills you that's probably <laughs> you don't get worse luck than that okay i should have played that during the oj thing i guess but obviously again he still thinks, or he thought, still thought the reason he got booted from the uh, weekend anchor and booted from SNL, you know, completely was because of his OJ jokes. Um, and that obviously was, uh, again, if you know, listen back to the show, he worked them in in every goddamn skit you could find. Uh, here's him, obviously recent doing stand-up because it's on coronavirus. Now, this is a part two of part one of uh, part one and two. I only got part two. I actually didn't dig for part one. Uh, it was kind of time to get this show going. I haven't heard this one either, so let's let's all enjoy this together. I don't want to alarm anybody at all. But He's at the improv. I could uh, sneeze on you. <laughs> and it would be the equivalent of... Uh, like a nine millimeter. Yeah. I went to die. I don't know this medical fucking gobbledygook. You know, I can't understand it. I'm not a fucking doctor. But he said I'm more virus than host. Who knows what these guys mean? Other big words. Fuck. Who knew it was gonna end this way? I thought it was gonna be a fucking. Uh, Big uh, iceberg or something. <laughs> Sounded fun for a while. It's like, oh, the oceans will rise in a big iceberg. Oh, goddamn. 
Not like your kid. Ah, <coughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Fucking shit and blood. Uh, <laughs> I got to phone 911. I got the coronavirus. Don't come here. <laughs> Stay at home. Uh, you can't have bad thoughts. You know, you got to have positive feelings because that, uh, those don't work either. <laughs> Turns out doctors now realize that uh, thinking positively about something doesn't fucking help at all. Well, anyway. <laughs> because the deadly virus has no idea you feel real positive. <laughs> they feel pretty positive, too. <laughs> and we don't have a cure for them. They obviously have a cure for us. <laughs> oh, I feel something. It's only the virus twisting around my brain stem. I think it's the... feel my brain stem a little liquefying. Oh, well. Nobody said it'd be a rose. I, I, I got to pause this real quick, because once again, this guy hid from the public for 10 years that he had cancer. So he's telling these jokes, and no one knows that he has cancer. And if you listen to the jokes he's telling, he's kind of talking about himself, you know? And, and, and no one fucking knew it. No one. No one fucking knew it. So I don't know, man. I, I just, I, it, it's just, again, watching, listening to this, watching this, and. Seeing him, I mean, he's in a, 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 a large Nike jacket, pair of jeans, looks, you know, he got a hat on so you can't see, you know, I, I don't know if he was doing chemo or whatever, but he looks like he had lost a, a good amount of his hair uh, and just looks very frail. This had to be, again, if he's talking about coronavirus, this was within the last year, year and a half, close to two years. So... Man, but I mean, if you just listen to the jokes he's telling, it's almost like he's just telling the jokes about himself now that we know that he had cancer. Um, so here we go. Well, I'm just going to fab another minute and a half left. Garden, you know. <laughs> but they actually did this live on when we were listening to the radio. They were talking about the South by Southwest, and they said, well, there's been a cancellation at South by Southwest. This band... Oh, the whole thing's canceled. That's what the guy says. The guy hands him another thing. Ah. South by Southwest has been canceled. The entire thing. Mm -hmm. And the direction south. That's gone. <laughs> who knows, you know? I mean, who knows how you're going to die? I mean, we all know now. But All right, this tells you a little bit. Because South by Southwest was canceled in the beginning of the coronavirus. So that gives us a little bit of a timeline of when this was from. So this must have been in the beginning of, uh, of 2020. Here we go. Think back a week ago. Think back a week ago. I love back a week ago. <laughs> Moving way too fast. But you gotta be prepared, you know what I mean, in this year life for any eventuality. And uh, that means being prepared. I'm not talking about buy a can of uh, corn. <laughs> That's only uh, 
cosmetic. I'm talking about having a whole room that's locked and filled with firearms. And you gotta be prepared, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, listen, I never thought I'd say this in my life, but I'd shoot my son in the fucking belly. Jesus. If he had a sneeze or that shit. I mean, he's a great kid, I love him, but he's never been on the TV, you know? So there you go. Now, <clears throat> if you want to hear one more quick video, and then I'm going to go into that little article, which is actually more clips. Um, I'm not sure which ones I'm going to play, but we'll play a few of them. And then we'll uh, wrap this up. This was a little thing he did. Um, this is kind of just being put back up, but it was a little clip he did. Uh, I don't know when this was, but it was actually on cancer and i'm gonna go ahead here most oh, tv and internet course, packages aren't flexible. ad before it which i will get out of here we go the reason i don't like it is because in the old days they go hey that old man died now they go hey he he lost his battle 2017 thank you sam <laughs> that's no way to end your life you know what a loser that guy was <laughs> last thing he did was lose <laughs> He was waging a brave battle, but at the end, I guess he got kind of cowardly was what happened. And then the bowel cancer, it got brave. You got to give it to the bowel cancer. You know, they were in a battle. And then, what the <laughs> And I'm pretty sure, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure if the cancer dies, I mean, if you die, the cancer also dies at exactly the same time. So that, to me... It's not a loss, that's a draw. That's a, you know what I mean? It's not like the cancer's gonna jump up and go, ah, I'm Uncle Bert's wife. Where is he? I won fair and square. <laughs> this way. Man. Uh, and, and this was on Comedy Central. My God, oh, man. Creepy hearing that. Just really a little bit creepy hearing that, but, um,. All right, let me go ahead and get into this last article here. This was a Forbes article uh, recently put out, actually just put out on September 15th, a couple of the uh, Wednesday night. And it's his 10 best jokes ever delivered on camera. I know a few of these are not long. Some of them, I don't know. I'll be honest. This is another article I pulled up right before I started doing this show. Let's see. Now, this first one is Norm MacDonald reading Conan O'Brien a congratulations card, which sounds great. It just happened to be Conan's last night at the Tonight Show. So here we go. Let's go ahead and play that. Oh, what's going on here? Why won't it play? Why? Oh, I know why it won't play. I have the whole site muted. Let me unmute. Excuse me for that. Let me re wind here we go it's so nice of you to stop by and you well i want to drop by show my respects you know well you know for you to bring a a, a basket commemorating sort of the, the the tough situation i'm in is really nice yeah. well that's not what that is <laughs> well what, what, this, what is this basket for oh this is an older basket i uh, i procrastinate as you know <laughs> and, uh, this is a basket i got you back in june <laughs> <laughs> 
minute. Norm, you've had this basket since June. Yeah. I've seen you. You've been on the show like three times. Why didn't you ever give me the basket? I keep forgetting it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted you to know I bought it. It was $60. Oh. And, uh, I wouldn't open it. I think it would smell. <laughs> Well, there's a card also. I, yeah, I see that. It says congrats yeah. on it. That's, that's terrific. Uh, well, I don't know. If it, can I read it? Yeah, why not? Congratulations, Conan, on finally securing your place as permanent host of The Tonight Show. <laughs> that's something they can never take away from you. It is perhaps the shrewdest programming decision ever made <laughs> by the NBC Brain Trust. Sure, the pressure is on, but if I know you, Conan O'Brien, miserable failure is not an option. <laughs> you are the new king of late night. Thank you Long so much. Long live the king. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome legend. He will go down as a fucking legend. God damn it. Oh, shit. All right. This is, uh, all right. This is supposed to be the White House Correspondents Dinner uh, ABC News joke. I'm assuming this is going to be a SNL skit, but let's see. I don't know. Again, this is a Forbes article. Let's see what this one is. Oh, shit. 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot of power here, a oh, lot no. of juice. Mr. Rule Arledge is here, of course, the chairman of ABC News. Uh, wait, this is... He... He did the... Wait a minute. Norm MacDonald actually did... He was at the White House. He took over the hosting duties for Clinton in 1997. Holy hell, I did not know this. Okay, let's play this. Let's go. It's not 10 minutes, by the way. Let's 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 do this news, you know, and uh, a lot of crazy stories come out of that division, you know, you know, stories about this person sleeping with that person and all that, you know, scandal after scandal. And if you heard the latest, I heard this just the other day. There's a rumor that last week, a certain I don't want to say who it is, a certain gentleman in ABC News. He went to a party and he got really drunk and he ended up having sex with his own wife. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how these rumors get started, but you know, it's probably just a vicious rumor, really, you know. <laughs> but as Mr. Arledge knows, of course, TV has become a very uh, tough game. You got to stay competitive, you know. Uh, as we all know, ABC's Good Morning America is in a little turmoil, you know, a little trouble, a little rating trouble. And uh, they're considering a lot of ways now, you know, to. Uh, to boost the ratings, and uh, I don't know, I think they're getting a little desperate. I, I heard that next week Charles Gibson will announce he's a lesbian. I mean, is that, <laughs> that going to help anything? Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> These politicians are fucking stuffed shirts, man. And you want me man. to tell you, don't let the busboys clear your table off tonight, because a little later Martha will come up here, and uh, she's going to show us how to take those old discarded fish bones and make a... Beautiful birdhouse. So. All right, finally he got him. He got him. All right. That's nice. Uh, Martha Stewart. 
before very jail. Nervous. I don't know why. Uh, but before jail and her show with Snoop Dogg. There you go. Before I sip this coffee, actually, sir, how much is this? How much? How much would a cup of coffee cost in a place like this? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It's free. Okay, great. I didn't want to get. You know, I didn't want to see ninety thousand dollars on my bill later. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there are some important uh, Washington figures who couldn't be here tonight. Uh, Vice President Al Gore is not here. Unfortunately, he, uh, he broke down and they had to leave him in the shop overnight. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they say he'll be all right later. When, uh, something wrong with the voice box or something. I don't know what it was. House Speaker Newt Gingrich is uh, not here. Uh, a little while back, of course, everybody knows uh, that Newt pushed uh, through a lot of budget cuts in the arts, particularly in uh, PBS, you know, and, and the effects are being felt now. I, I can see it even as a, as, a, as a layman, you know, just watching. You know, the other day I, I watched that show, the, uh, the Frugal Gourmet. It changed its name to The Cheap Bastard. <laughs> I mean... I remember that show. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and Senator Ted Kennedy couldn't be here. I, uh, you know, you know, there's a lot of jokes about Ted Kennedy, but uh, I, I recently watched an interview. It was very touching. You know, it was Ted was talking about, or Mr. Kennedy. What the hell am I calling him Ted for? <laughs> <laughs> Senator Kennedy was uh, was talking about how he how he uh, proposed to his lovely wife Vicky Reggie, and it was it was very touching. You know, I, it was a different side of Ted Kennedy. They don't see he, he was very old-fashioned and romantic. You know, when he made the proposal, it was very nice. He got up on one knee and he uh... yeah, up on one knee. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice, you know. Uh... You hear all the stories, but then you hear something like that, you know, it makes you. <laughs> I'm starting to relax now. You know, I think I'm relaxing a little. <laughs> that's not just the booze talking. I think I really am relaxing. <laughs> that's all for that. <laughs> yeah, like like Sam just said, it was it was then they realized they made a mistake hiring Norm. Oh boy. Oh man. He even had Clinton laughing at one point. <laughs> that was that was great. Uh, number eight, uh, this was his last stand-up on, um, David Letterman. Let's see how long this one is. But I can't believe it's been a quarter century we'll play a little since bit I made of it. my television debut. It was all different back then. You know, it was back then, I remember if you wanted to take a picture, you would use a camera. <laughs> Not a telephone. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you used a telephone, people would look at you odd. Just <laughs> <laughs> like... stay still, like that. <laughs> Doing a rotary. <laughs> what about in the old days when they took pictures of you way, way back, you know, where they pulled that thing and it exploded and stuff? I got a picture of my great-grandfather. The thing took six hours. Uh, take your picture, and uh, uh, there's a picture of my great-grandfather, one. They only had, every guy had one picture back then. <laughs> and it's just him, like... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I gotta get back, feed them hogs. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> A lot of visual in that one. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't go through this. Uh, okay. Uh, the, you know what? This is the Bob Saget roast. I already played that, so I'm not going to go ahead and play that one one more time. Now, this is the moth joke. I think this is long. Let's see. Let me hit play. Yeah, it's four Stop. minutes. Um, Four minutes might be a little bit too long to play. 4.35. I mean, I've played longer clips, but... Uh, nah, let's not do that one. If you want to look up the moth joke, just look up Norm Macdonald moth joke. It's, 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 it, it's much better, much better that way. Um, let's see, this is his SNL monologue from, uh, 1999. I remember the year before 1998 is when he was booted from SNL for questionable reasons. No one really knows why he has one reason. We have another Let's uh let's see how long this one is. Let me turn the volume down so we don't need to get that. Let's see how long this one is. This one is 219. This one we can do here. This one we can do. All right. Um, here we go. When the people here ask me to do the show, you know, I got to say, I felt kind of weird, you know. I, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I used to actually be on this show, you know. Uh, I used to do the uh, weekend update news routine. You remember that? And, uh, yeah. That's where I did the make-believe news jokes, you know? That was me, right? So then, a year and a half ago, make right, believe. I had a sort of a, a disagreement with the management at, uh, at the NBC. Uh, I wanted to keep my job, right? <laughs> and they felt the exact opposite. <laughs> so, so you see, they like, uh, they fired me because they said that I wasn't funny, you know? <laughs> now, now, with most jobs, I could have had a hell of a lawsuit on my hands for that, but, but see, this is a comedy show. So they got me, you know? You know what? <laughs> you know what? But now, this is the weird part, right? It's only a year and a half later, and now they asked me to host the show. <laughs> so I wondered, I go, hey, wait a second here. Hey! <laughs> I go, how did I go in a year and a half from being not funny enough to be even allowed in the building <laughs> to being so funny that I'm now hosting the show? How did I suddenly get so damn funny? It was inexplicable to me because a year and a half Let's face it, it's not enough time for a dude to learn how to be funny. <laughs> and it occurred to me, I haven't gotten funnier. The show has gotten really bad. Oh, Jesus. Oh, so, yeah, I'm funny compared to, you know, well, you'll see later. But, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay, so let's recap. <laughs> the bad news is... I'm still not funny. <laughs> the good news is the show blows. <laughs> he this and, 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 I, I I gotta tell you, the guy had balls that fucking clank. He did. He didn't give a fuck if he offended. He didn't give a shit. 
He just went out there. That was fucking brilliant right there. Absolutely brilliant. Unfucking believable. Oh. All right. Uh, the next one is just a, a, a reading one, to be honest. I don't feel like reading right now. Um, now, here we go. This was another one with uh, Conan O'Brien. I guess he told a carrot top joke. Let's see how long this one is at number three. Uh, 144. We can definitely do this. Let's go ahead and rewind. Let's go. But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Really? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> if it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. She's in What about my career? Courtney Thorne Smith, the girl sitting to your left. Is in the movie. I'm gonna go see it for sure. <laughs> How do you scare everybody else away? No, I love this girl. I would see any movie with this girl in. She's a beautiful lady <laughs> and a talented, nice talk show guest. Okay. As evidenced by her appearance on our rival show. <laughs> All right. Well, there's this two-hour season finale of Melrose Place. There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh, all right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. Oh, shit. Look at that. On the fly, on the fly, this guy just came up with that, popped it out, and Conan is literally freaking the fuck out. That he actually just did that. All right, a few seconds left here. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's pretty much it. We're going to take a break now. We're going to have collective soul in a second. Courtney Thorne Smith. Oh, that had to be 90s, obviously. It had got Courtney Thorne Smith from Melrose Place. Uh, it had a. I always thought she was pretty fucking hot. Um, and collective soul, Jesus. Well, they got to, they got to shine. Kind of wish I could hear that up and actually see what's going on there. Um, all right, number two, we've got up. Oh, we've got more OJ jokes. Let's see here. Let's see how long this OJ one is. Up oh, two minutes. Let's do well, it. The infamous bloody glove was finally introduced into evidence. And O.J. didn't help his case any by blurting out, there it is, I've been looking all over for that thing. F. Lee Bailey said this week that if, if the defense only knew what Ron Goldman's last words were, they might be able to find the real killer. You know, if you ask me, Goldman's last words were probably, uh, hey, you're O.J. Simpson. <laughs> OJ has struck again. How about that? It says fifth OJ juror acts. Good thing. And in court this week, Cato Kalin testified that OJ Simpson did not appear angry before or after the period of his wife's murder. But Kalin admitted he could have been a touch edgy while he was actually murdering her. Oh, shit. Might have been a. Hertz rental car company announced this week that it will buy 520,000 vehicles, increasing its worldwide fleet 
In addition, they will try to find a new spokesman who won't kill his ex-wife. <laughs> Dismissed Simpson juror Jeanette Harris revealed in interviews this week that the jury is torn by dissension and is already divided into two camps. Those who think he is guilty and those who are really, really stupid. <laughs> Our top story tonight, this week in the O.J. Simpson trial. After grisly photos of the murdered Nicole Brown Simpson were shown in court, O.J. turned his head away and wept. It was at that moment that he realized he would never be able to kill her again. Oh, oh. Oh, there's another crowd. Oh, 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 no harm. Oh, I'm telling you. And, and, and you can see the Dennis Miller influence when he does this. Again, Dennis Miller did this before he did. He took over for Dennis Miller. I just, you can see it. You can see it. Because Dennis Miller had the same dry, he would say that ballsy, edgy, cutting, scathing fucking line. And then just look at the crowd like, what you going to do? What you going to do? Oh. Oh, my God. This guy is going to be missed so much, man. And, you know, I, just him being kind of out of the public eye, not really putting himself out there, you know, he he kind of got lost in the shuffle. I'm not going to say forgotten because, I mean, he's not forgotten. I mean, I watch most of the movies and, you know, that we've talked about tonight. Like I said, I watched The Animal probably three weeks ago um, with him in it. So it's just... You know, he he just kind of kept himself out of the public eye, so we kind of forgot about him a little bit in the public sense of it. But it, it, he's really going to be missed. So let's go to number one here, which is uh, one more clip of more OJ stuff. Hell, if I I should have played this earlier, but let's go ahead and just knock out this last clip, and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up. I'm Norm McDonald, and now the fake news. Well, it is legal in the state of California. <laughs> Oh, after the verdict. Well, in a questionable move by the defense team this week, O.J. Simpson demonstrated how to stab two people at the same time. <laughs> Testimony during the final week provided some spellbinding moments. In a brilliant move during closing arguments, Simpson attorney Johnny Cochran put on the knit cap prosecutors say O.J. wore the night he committed the murders. Although O.J. may have heard his case when he suddenly blurted out, Hey, hey, easy with that. That's my lucky stabbing hat. <laughs> well, the trial of the century is over. Late yesterday, the fate of O.J. Simpson, the most famous murder suspect in United States history, was placed in the hands of the jurors. They must now decide whether to free him or get all their heads cut off. <laughs> Our top story tonight. Following his shocking acquittal two weeks ago, O.J. Simpson vowed never to rest until the real killers of Nicole Brown Simpson are brought to justice. And the manhunt continues. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, this week, O.J. took girlfriend Paula Barbieri to see the erotic murder mystery Jade. Other moviegoers took the couple's presence in stride, though they did become uncomfortable when O.J. repeatedly shouted out, shouted out, You call that a stabbing? That's... 
The L.A. District Attorney's Office has given Marsha Clark and Christopher Garden, Christopher Darden, bonuses of over $10,000 for, quote, lengthy hard time duty, unquote, in the O.J. Simpson case. A spokesman for the DA said that the prosecutor's bonuses would have been even higher, except for the fact that they let a killer go free. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. Oh, man. All right. That is, uh, that is all I got. And, and you know, it, it, obviously that was the biggest story back then. I mean, that, that, that case was on television. That Literally, court TV kind of became famous because of the O.J. Simpson trial. That's what they showed. Everybody just sat there and watched that fucking trial on television. Every single day of it, people were watching it. It was, a, a, I mean, that, that, that was huge back then. But again, you know, that's, he, on two different, you know, talk shows, blamed the president at the time for getting rid of him for that reason, but, I mean, if you listen, he really told a lot of O.J. jokes. And if they were supporting him, then I could see where that would happen. Meanwhile, oh, well, I wasn't stopping Jay Leno. Jay Leno was kind of a Teflon even back then. Even back in, in those days, Jay Leno was Teflon. Taking over for Johnny Carson? Come on. And Jay Leno's jokes were way, way less edgy than anything, anything that Norm MacDonald was saying. Absolutely way less edgy. Jay Leno was never known for being a blue comic, an edgy comic. Jay Leno was just known for being the guy with the big chin and the bobblehead and saying some funny things every now and then. I, I, I mean, his stand-up career never really went too far. I mean, really didn't. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not shitting on Jay Leno. I mean, I, I like Jay Leno. Guy's got an incredible car collection, which Jesus Christ, I'd love to have a couple of the cars he's got, a couple of motorcycles too. But um, I'm just saying, he was Teflon. He took over for another guy who was Teflon. So there was nothing either one of either one of those guys could do fucking wrong at that point. So, you know, to sit there and make that excuse, oh, I, I didn't stop Jay Leno from doing it, you know, making OJ jokes, but Norm MacDonald, Norm MacDonald told way, way more cutting OJ jokes and way more OJ jokes. Jay Leno probably did a couple here and there in his monologue and, the, you know, they were PG as hell. So anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up right there on uh, that note. Um, Norm MacDonald you will be missed. Uh, definitely rest in peace, rest in power, however you want to say it. But um, definitely will be missed. Uh, just an amazing, you know, again, yes, he was great in movies, but when, you know, I, the end was actually a lot more fun for me listening to some of his stand-up. Again, because I really kind of got a lot of those and hadn't listened to him. Kind of purposely, I, I didn't really want to listen to him. I just kind of downloaded him just so we could play him. And, uh, you know, hilarious. What an, uh, just amazing, amazing comedian, an amazing actor. And again, it was cool to kind of go back to those old 90s where 
you know, in 1990, sitting there talking 100 miles an hour like fucking Ben Shapiro, and then suddenly he changes his cadence and he becomes that that Norm Macdonald that we all knew and that we all loved. So there you go. On that note, I will knock out the plugs real quick. And thank you, Sensible Sam, for saying that was a great show. I I really appreciate that. Thank you. I uh, hope I uh, hope I did old Norm proud there. Hope he was looking down, going, "Damn it! Thanks for talking about me, you son of a bitch." So, all right, real quick. I don't really. Again, I need to. Uh, I'll get an outro song going. I had one. I need to recut it, and I'll. Um, I can't find it, so I will uh, recut the old concrete blonde song that I used to use with my outro for this. But uh, in the meantime, I'll just go ahead and. Uh, tell you right now you guys want to be checking out the high marks it's cheese man it's mojo it's g whiz and you can check them out right here on mixler that's right mixler.com slash metal mitt network that's right there's two t's in mitt i am not stammering or stuttering so check them out 8 30 p.m sundays eastern time 8 30 p.m eastern time that's when you want to check them out jesus christ uh anyway and of course you got bobby anthem bobby blades they are the inhumans they are on the inhuman experience and you want to be checking them out on all the usual podcast platforms and why you're on those platforms i want you to go ahead and go ahead and go to the search and type in everything unscripted wrestling podcast check those guys out and if you do not check them out on all the usual podcast platforms go ahead on to blog talk right there you can go there on fridays they're on saturdays i was supposed to look at that and i completely forgot i will add it for the wednesday night show and, of course, you guys can always uh, check out Dirt Sheet Dudes Wednesdays right here. Mixer.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes and everywhere you get podcasts from. And don't forget, check me out one more time. Next week, I'm actually, the movie I was planning on doing this week and decided to change it up uh, with Norm MacDonald passing was I was going to do Urban Cowboy. It's on Hulu. So if you want to get a jump on it, I'm going to do Urban Cowboy next week. Um, Two-hour, 12-minute movie, one of my favorites, just brings me way back, a Travolta movie. We've only done one Travolta movie on this show. It was uh, Primary Colors. I am definitely excited to do another one. So next week, I'm going to go ahead and do Urban Cowboy. Um, I'm going to do it myself because I don't want to torture anybody with listening to country music. And uh, I'll go ahead and do that one all, all by myself and not put anyone through the torture. Anyone wants to join, let me know. On that note, I am going to hop on out of here, and I appreciate it. And uh, once again, uh, there you go. We're going to head on out of here. Yep, Urban Cowboy Sensible Sam, Friday. And I'm going to always be starting at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I don't give a shit if fucking SmackDown is on. I don't care. Rampage is on. I'm looking to get kind of a different thing going here. And uh, there you go. That Yep. There you go. All right. So I will see everybody next Wednesday night on Dirt Sheet Dudes. I will see you next Friday for a Hollywood Hangout with Urban Cowboy. And on that note, that's it. See y'all. Take it easy. 